Dungeoneers. Welcome to Applied Dungeoneering, the D&D 5th edition actual play podcast that likes to dive into deep and detailed discussions on fantasy and the occult. I'm Josh, the Dungeon Master, the D&D player who sold his soul to the devil for good dice rolls, and I'm joined as always by my friends and co-hosts. We have Daniel here. He summoned his first demon in 4th edition. Okay, so uh, according to my level 23 daily power, I just have to put the circle down and then... I am a demon now. (laughs) Well, that's really nice, Daniel. Janelle's here as well. She helped her husband out with that. How's that feel? Um, I just make sure he doesn't eat people he's not supposed to eat. I consume the souls of the living and of the dead. Yeah, I keep tabs on that. It's actually been really annoying because it feels like I'm babysitting, but I'm babysitting for the souls of all those around me. We call it demon sitting. Yeah, yeah. I exclusively eat yellow starbursts. Well, Nate is here as well. I'm pretty sure he's hiding a copy of the Necronomicon in his apartment. Do you think that'll help out with uh, Daniel, Nate? I'm not sure. I think, is it this book with like this human face on it? Oh, I've been using it as like the mouth is like a coffee holder for a long time. It for some reason screams at me like when I put hot coffee on it. It says something about like, I'm supposed to be better than this and I'm all powerful. I've kind no, of no, decided Nate, just that's, put- that's, that's the book of a thousand tortures. That's not the Necronomicon. Oh, you mean the thing underneath my bed that's glowing? That's what I'm talking about. Oh, no, we have tentacles come up at night. Oh, okay. We don't talk about it. Oh, okay. Later, later, Bill, later. Well, speaking of tentacles, Joel is here as well. Pretty sure he's an entity from beyond the veil of moral comprehension. That's right. I am from southern Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) That's Joel. (laughs) Enough said. (laughs) (laughs) Well, finally... We have AJ. (laughs) Need I continue? Now, we all know who the real demon is here, and we we certainly know who's on top. And I I think if we were to go any further, we'd have to just censor the whole thing because it'd become classified. And it just that's just such a bother. Is this because you're from northern Indiana? Are you trying to say you're superior in latitude? Nate, we're talking about as a fellow northern Indianian, I would definitely agree that we are superior. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think out of all of you guys, I was born the most north out of all of you. I was born in the sky. So <laughs> argue with that. You're not wrong. You were technically raised above the ground. No, Daniel had a skydiving birth, actually. It's a really efficient way <laughs> to get it out of there. <laughs> I just now imagine this girl screaming and just hear this baby screaming next to her as they're both falling down. It's like, well, where the hell did you come from? Did you bring a spare parachute? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, everyone asked Daniel's mother why she wanted to do that, and she just said, because I can. But all the other moms were you doing it. You thought I was going to say something exciting, but no, that was pretty pretty much how it went. Yeah, and now I live by that motto, so it's pretty <laughs> great. That yeah, worked Comes out for you. Your mother is a wise woman. She is a very wise woman. Lo- love you, Mom. Skydiving births aside, it's great to have you guys here this week. 
Normally, I ask you guys how you are doing this week, but this week, I, I want you guys to ask me how I'm doing. Josh, how are you doing? Do we have to? Daniel, I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Thank so you. Wait, we're supposed to ask or care. I can't remember. Oh. Oof. <laughs> you gotta be well, specific, now I, Josh. Now, now I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> Woo, let's do D&D then, yeah. <laughs> you know what, AJ? That sounds like a great idea, because now that I'm mad at some of you guys, I can take out my frustration on your characters, and this is going to be wonderful. So is this when uh, Josh gets upset, the Warhammer 40k uh, thing comes out, and uh, I ask you guys to roll for a character creation? Yeah, I mean, there's a space marine in... In Brimpton, you guys just didn't know it this whole time. I grovel at his feet in pure excitement. Yeah, he he shoots you with his gun, and you explode. That's that's it. End of, end of the campaign, guys. I can't there believe go, he has blessed me in such a holy way. That sounded very scary. And that's how you apply Dungeoneering. Anyways, <laughs> d and yes, Thank you for that <laughs> wonderful segue, Janelle. Woo! So we are going. We're gonna we're gonna jump into our game, and we are gonna continue. But first. I'm going to give a recap. You guys thought I was going to do the get me wet joke, but I'm not going to do that because... Dry me off. There we go. (laughs) So before we begin, I'm going to give us a quick recap and we will jump right back into the action. So last week was pretty basic. You guys arrived back at town and you collected your reward for killing the cockatrice. You were reunited with the sobbing owner of Billy Sparky the Goat. And you guys encountered the captain of the guard, who you have been told has been stifling this investigation for reasons unknown. And he was yelling at your friend Stephen for assisting you with it. Then you continued forward and you bought some replacement clothes for Theo so that he didn't look like a complete mess. And you guys met up with Laszlo and departed to have your meeting with Lady Hecate, which most people have forgotten that that was your main goal from day one. And it's finally happening 22 episodes in. You forgot the part where Jasper got new clothes. Come on. That's, uh, I think, honestly, even more important than the meeting (laughs) this Lady Hecate person. (laughs) He looks quite dapper. (laughs) Well, Nate, there's a difference between me forgetting and me not caring. Ooh. Ooh. Nate, you're not supposed it's okay. to do okay. I look good. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I accept when it's good and then I continue on with it. Ooh. <laughs> oh my God. No, I'm just thinking of how I'm going to screw over the campaign now. Don't worry. Oh, no. <laughs> we haven't met party problems yet, but uh, Jasper's got a few things he can plan out. Mm. There's a war. Uh. So we're going to jump back into this scene. It is pouring in the town of Brimpton. Rain is falling from the sky. It is pooling in the streets. Our fearless adventurers are pushing their way past peasants and merchants who are trying to get out of the rain themselves. All you can do is pull up your cloaks and your hoods, duck under the occasional outcropping as you make your way forward to stay as dry as you can, a bolt of lightning streaks across the sky, tearing at the clouds, and there's a thunderous boom, sending Tuo into a barking frenzy and sending Master the Cat into a panicked yowl, and he hides himself in Jasper's cloak, trying to stay out of the rain and 
stay away from the scary boom booms. So, what are you guys doing as you're walking through the streets? Hey guys, I think it would be a bad idea if I come. Why do you say that, Jasper? The town is full of idiots that seem to think that I'm just wearing clad armor. They will think I'm armed at all times, and if I was to reveal my insides and other things, they would freak out. It is better if I just sit this one out. I'll head back to the tavern. Well, I mean, if, if you think so, but uh, on kind of that same note, they assume Aegon is a uh, fiery murderer, and uh, they assume that, uh, you know, Wes is... Well, I won't say it because there are people around, but you know. There's a difference, I think, if them thinking that it's an unarmed murderer versus someone that cannot remove their armor and their outside. I think the fear of unknowingness would be greater on them. But armor is not a weapon. It's just to protect yourself. So you're not having any weapons that they know of on you, but just armor. I don't know if they would be upset by that. I think in lights with the disappearances and other stuff, I would be most suspicious if they found out that I am mechanical. I think I've made up my mind on this regard. Is Lazo with us? Yeah, La- well, first of all, Lazo's with you, but Nate, you can you not cast a sky self right now? I can, but I see that as being kind of dumb in the sense that I'm going to casters and going to be patted down. This is the one time when actually doing spellcrafting while trying to basically trick people could go very south with people who know casting. I would also I would also argue that that's Jasper's whole shtick. It is his whole shtick, and that's what he's good at. But the catch, though, is that in this situation, he is too low level to actually pull it off effectively well. And in situations like this, it'd be considered dangerous because these are casters who know what they're dealing with. It's just not some common person that would have any idea about magic. What this question? is situations when more of a physical approach would be needed. Do not we a magical. know that they're casters, though? I thought we were just meeting somebody who's like a fortune. Do you know Lady Hecate is a caster? And the sorcerer will probably be there, too, and the apprentice or the other caster guy. So this is a situation when magic well, is no, known. It's Lady Hecate and her apprentice are really the only casters in town. And the apprentice likes us, so I don't think there's really any issue there. I think you're okay. I see your concern, but I think, I think you ought to be okay going in. Because even if the town is full of idiots, Lady Hecate is probably one of the smartest of these people. And she, if we could, I'm sure we could convince her that Okay. You're yeah, not Nate, a threat. Nate, I'm, I, I'm getting what you're saying. I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying now, and you're being very thoughtful about it, and I think it's, that's, that's great. If you want, you could still try to find a way to sneak in, but yeah, if you're just not comfortable, actually, honestly, I guess I don't blame you now. So it's, it's up to you, but I really won't have a whole lot for you if you stay behind. But I would also argue that it'd be better if you tried to find a way to stay with the party. I could. The only other solution is invisibility. But once again, short-term problems. And if this conversation goes on for more than an hour or I'm discovered with magic, it'll be even worse in the end. Well, maybe you don't need to dress up. Like, maybe you just go in and if they're like, what's going on? You'd be like, I'm a warforged. And if Lady Hecate is as basically as smart and as powerful as we think she's supposed to be, she should know what that is. That's with high assumptions. Still, that carries a lot of risk indirectly. I mean, your, your thought is also a ton of assumptions as well. So it's which assumptions do you like better? One with less risk. I mean, Nate brought up some very thoughtful points. 
Plus, I won't be doing much of the talking anyways in this situation. I think this is more of something Aegon would be going with. I don't think that this would really be pertaining to me in any particular way. Well, I think Theo would speak up about now and he'd say, Well, do you think you'd at least like to stay out of the raid and just hang out in the lobby? I mean, I'm sure you can hang out with the rest of our weapons and stuff. They have to put them somewhere. So if you're not allowed to go into the meeting, you can at least stay inside and drive. I'll consider that's a good compromise at least then. I'll wait in the lobby room instead of at the tavern. Good. Close proximity. Yes, because I, I, I was worried that, um, you know, Jasper, I, I feel like people are starting to notice us, so I think of Zane. <laughs> yeah, as, as you say this, um, the screen pans around and everyone is watching you guys as you guys walk through town. But I worry that you are painting a big target on yourself by staying by yourself out in the open like this. You're making yourself too vulnerable. I agree. That's why I was going to go to the tavern, change who I am, and leave the city for a little while. That's that's a lot. I think you should come with us and just stay in the lobby. That way, if something happens, we can be back as a group quickly. No, no, here, here. I just thought of something great. Let's split the party again. <laughs> yeah. Jasper has no qualms with this, actually. <laughs> I think I think we're good. I think we got a plan. Jasper said he's okay with staying in the lobby. I think we're okay. Plus... If we're sitting there with this much suspicion, it would be better if some of us actually did mundane tasks with mundane things to make us look like we were just ordinary people at times. You sit there and don't ever mingle with the locals or drink mead. How else are people supposed to think? What do you do? Why are you never out in the common situations? At what point did we ever even try to pretend like we blend in? Well, I, I think the ship has sailed, so to speak, on, on that, so it's not much use doing it anymore. Lessons for the future. Well, for now, watch our stuff. And I can remove these peasant clothes. <laughs> Just naked in the lobby. No, that would be even creepier. That's too late. Though tempting, I have to say. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, so okay. you guys are pushing your way through the fl- uh, slowly flooding streets and you get to the outer gates of the uh, compound. There's a courtyard ahead of you. There are just two guards standing outside of the courtyard, so they let you in without a glance. But as you walk through the courtyard down the well-kept paths and the finely trimmed foliage, you get to the doors of the keep. And there are like four guards standing outside, and there are a few more in a vestibule off, off to the left. And as you approach, they hold up their hands and they say, All right, do you have an appointment? And Lazo steps forward and says, uh, Oh, yes, we do. We are the uh, the wheat traders from Alcina. And uh, we come bearing trade agreements. Okay, well, I see some documentation. And uh, Lazlo pulls out some documentation. Like, okay, well, all seems well. Now we're just going to have to check everyone to make sure you're not bringing anything uh, suspicious in so and he uh, steps forward with one of the other guards and they begin to frisk you guys down hey hey, careful there son you might grab something you know unintentionally (laughs) I forgot you're doing a voice (laughs) (laughs) this is Gunner using his wheat farmer voice oh jeez hey hey it's fine it's fine They, they get past Gunner um, they move on to Aegon. 
Um, I, I presume Gunner didn't have anything on him. No, no. armor, no weapons. Gunner's plan right now is if so things go south, he's going to tackle Laszlo and try and find a dagger on him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so they move on to Aegon. They search Aegon. Aegon, you hiding anything? Uh, the only thing Aegon has on him is his uh, prayer book that is now his Pact of the Tome thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the guard looks at your book and says, Ah, oh, you're one of the learned folk, huh? Well, shucks. Yeah, of course I am. Man, I always wanted to learn how to read. Would have been good. Hell, I wish I knew how to read. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and they uh, they finish checking Aegon. They move on to Vez. What do you uh, what do you what did you decide you were hiding? I don't remember if you said last episode. Uh, she's hiding one of her shuriken in a place where if they even attempt to check, she would smack them. Okay, so I'm not even gonna make you roll a check for that. <laughs> They're not gonna be that gross. Okay, so they move on from Vez and they go to Fio, and they look a little intimidated, and they pass Fio over. <laughs> He's just like flexing the entire time while they're doing it. Um, I presume Fio's not taking anything in. No, no, he's got his muscles. They're, that's the only guns he needs. Okay. And then they uh, start to move towards Jasper. He just now, smiles. Nate, you said Jasper wasn't going to go in, so all he has to do is say he doesn't want to go in. I don't wish to go in. I am merely here but to guard them. Oh, okay. Uh, you're going to stand out here in the rain then? And another bolt me. of lightning crashes across the sky. The cats can go in. I'll stay out here. We can exchange pleasantries if you'd like. But I'm is, not is one Is there a lobby he could stay in? Um, no, no, yeah, yes. He can't enter the keep unless we check him in. He's going to have to wait out here. And the, the guard fine. looks over and he says, and that dog can't come in either. But he's such a good boy. Well, yeah, he looks. Look at yeah. those eyes. Look at those puppy eyes. He's going to track mud in. I'm going to track Mud in. Well, he's also a dog. We don't let dogs in unless he's an emotional support animal. <laughs> well, he, he supports me. I don't believe you. You're right. I was lying. I'm sorry. All right. Dog stays out here. You can stay You can stay with your armored friend here. He was lying because the dog is mine. <laughs> Jasper is absolutely annoyed as hell that the dog is here. <laughs> Tuo comes and sits right next to you, oh. and uh, he's panting happily. Did, you what know, maybe you guys would eventually figure out like why Jasper hates dogs more than anything. If you're an illusionary wizard and you're supposed to fool people by sight, and dogs are better at smelling things, how do you trick smell? He's been he basically screwed over by dogs several times in missions. He has a permanent kind of hatred towards them in particular. Well, Tuo does not share that hatred, so he, he shakes himself off, splatters you with dog water, and then sits down next to you happily. Dog water. Ew, dog water is such... Ew, that's a gross word. I am so happy I don't need to breathe right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so after searching you guys, the guards open the door and they let you in. Two of them lead you into a... Uh, vestibule in the keep and they pass you off to another pair of guardsmen who then lead you down a hallway past a few rooms and then into the keep proper so the guardsmen walk you through the doorway into a large open chamber with a floor crafted from 
black and white checkered marble tiles and gorgeous red tapestries fringed with golden thread hang from the walls, kind of giving it a nice vibrant appearance. The central area of this chamber is separated from the two arcades on the side by lines of thick, sturdy pillars topped archways, which allow the many members of the court present today to travel between the velvet couches and snack-laden tables lining the walls of the sides of the room. Straight ahead of you is an empty throne backed by massive glass windows that allow the light of the sun or would allow the light of the sun to shine from behind the chair. But right now it's just, the room's just lit by candles because it's so dark and stormy outside. And as they lead you forward, the guards kind of bump you guys to the left of the room and you dodge between some pillars, you make past some merchants and they lead you to a doorway on the far wall. And the two guards then move to stand outside of the door, and one of them knocks, and a voice from inside calls, Enter! And the two guards look at you guys and nod their head. In we go. So as you guys are walking forward, one of the uh, court members bumps through you guys towards Laszlo and says, Hey, I remember you. You're the wheat trader. Here, come. We we have much much business to discuss. And Laz was like, oh, "No, I I I have a meeting. I have to I have to stay with these guys." <laughs> he gives you guys a like a, a scared look, and Merchant's <laughs> like, "No, you, come on, come on!" And he grabs him and starts pulling Laszlo away. Oh, Gunner runs for it. He's like, "Hey, well, if you're gonna take Laszlo, I'm gonna come talk to you too." <laughs> <laughs> and the, the guardsmen are like, <coughs> so yeah. If I mean, if you don't mind, good old me tagging along, then that's fine. And Gunner Gunner is trying so hard to make his voice as obnoxious as possible. It's working. <laughs> the, the merchant looks at Gunner and says, "I I have no intention of speaking to you." And Laz was like, "Well, he's he, he's with me though. Like, no, he's." He's my helper. He is of the lower class. I don't speak to people of the lower class. Please, come, come, come. But I have to go with him. If you don't, I, I can't be separated from Laszlo. I'm subject to attacks. Oh, oh, just thinking about it. Guards, and, and Gunner, I'm being harassed. Gunnar collapses to the ground, <laughs> clutching his chest. He <laughs> guys just standing there looking at him, dumbstruck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, his mouth open. Like, what is going on? This is so extra. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not there. There'd be many oh, face palming. Gunner, are you okay? Fio's actually very worried now. Gunner! Yeah, uh, uh, Laszlo is still being pulled away by the by the merchant. And he's <laughs> like, uh... And he, he mouths to Aegon. He says, just do your best. Aegon <laughs> just and, uh, looks at Laszlo and then looks down at Gunner and shrugs his shoulders. A, pa- a pair of cards uh, come from outside and they grab Gunner under the underarms and they start to drag him out of the building. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm, oh, hang on. Uh, just a bit of indigestion. I'm feeling just peachy. 
Well, uh, one of the guards looks down and he says, well, if you would, uh, if you'd like some food, we have some delicious snacks to help with your indigestion. Would you like some cheese? Wait, let me guess. Lactose intolerant. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, I, I mean, I appreciate what you're trying to do, but honestly, my, my, in, my digestional tract is just a wreck, buddy. I don't. I mean, let me tell you, or maybe I shouldn't. In, in, in such a polite company, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think I should just stick with my friends. You know what I mean? I get separation anxiety. <laughs> the guard's like, no, here we've we've got some Pepto-Bismol in the, the guard <laughs> chamber. Why don't you come with us? We'll, we'll take care of you, and the, the guards start, uh, they help you to your feet, but then they start ushering you out a side door. <laughs> um, uh, here, gonna do something, I'm scared. Uh, hey guys, uh, I, I think he'll be fine now, you can just bring him on back here. Are you sure? Because we, we've got plenty, plenty of stuff to help him with his indigestion. Well, you know? yeah, I mean, yeah. We he... may be simple guardsmen, but, you know, many of us have family members who, uh, struggle with such ailments. Oh, he gets like this every once in a while, but he'll he'll be okay in a couple minutes. Uh, you know. We, oh we no, very... I don't know about that. You know, this this indigestion can last a long time. Oh, he has a very specialized diet. He can't have Pepto Bismol. Um, I'm sorry, we have to. Yeah, Aegon has my medicine. If I need to stay with him, yeah. Only he knows how to insert it. I mean, I don't want to make <laughs> oh the press. My God. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and the two guards look very uncomfortable, and they're like, "Well, okay." Here you go, and they, they kind of push you away, and then like pull their arms back, like they're a little grossed out. <laughs> yes. The thing I love about you guys is I never have to ask for skill checks for social encounters because I know you guys are going to role play the heck out of it, and then also fail. And the the the, the two guards standing in front of the the doorway uh, to the next chamber look a little a little nervous now. And uh, you hear a voice come from the other side of the door, a little angrier this time. I said, enter. I, I guess we'll push yeah. through. Uh, Let's go. Uh, guys, yeah, thank me. Somebody say it. We go in. Yeah, so you, you take one last look back at Laszlo, who has been pulled into a conversation with a merchant that he has no interest in talking to. And he gives you a very sorrowful look before the door in front of you creaks open and you are led into a small side room with large windows on the far wall. There's a fireplace, the crackling fire immediately to your right when you walk in and there are tables and couches and velvet chairs lined up on all the walls, giving you ample seating space. So you guys walk into this room and against the far wall, looking out one of the windows, you see a very elegant-looking woman. She's got a long green dress decorated with golden ornaments. Her curly hair is done up and held in place by a beautiful golden headband embedded with gemstones. And she is, she is looking out one of the windows as you guys approach, her hands folded behind her back. And when you walk in, without turning around, she says, All right, close the door, and we can begin to discuss business. Of course, ma'am. Uh, and Aegon closes the door. All right. And uh, she turns around, and you see her, and she is stunning. 
and uh, she walks and she sits in one of the velvet chairs and says, please, uh, take a seat. Must have been a, a long journey for you. Sure was, you betcha it was, a you a And she says, so once you guys are all seated, she looks over all of you and says, so uh, I've been, uh, I, feel, I feel like I've been misled. I was told there were going to be six of you today. Well, uh, our, our good buddy Laszlo, he was taken off by one of the merchants and, um, we, we had a feller guarding us and he decided to stay outside since he didn't want to uh, take his armor off, you know. Oh, no, that's that's fine. That's fine. I understand. Uh, how's how's Brimpton been to your liking? Oh, it's it's wonderful. Uh, people here are great. Uh, you know, they, they treat us very well. There's lots of wheat. So much wheat and goats. <laughs> <laughs> she she looks over <laughs> and she gives Gunner a uh, a smile and a, a nod, and she says, "Oh, I, oh, actually, I I believe introductions are in order. I presumed you would know who I am. I am Lady Hecate Andrew, Marchioness of Brimpton Mark, and uh, you are." Uh. Well. <laughs> no, no, you started. Well, I'm Gunner. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance, ma'am. And uh, my my name's Aegon. Uh, I'm 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 here with with everybody. Is a, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is going horrible. <clears throat> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I can't wait till. Never mind. And uh, uh, <clears throat> my my name is Vez, and uh, I am also here with these lovely gentlemen. I, I'm I'm Phil, and I. Do you, wait, did you almost say I'm Gunner? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I caught you. Damn it. <laughs> I'm gonna. I mean, I'm Phil. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> uh, sorry, there was a frog in my throat. And while this is happening, um, we jumped outside. It is pouring. Jasper and Tuo are tucked under an alcove to stay out of the rain, and Tuo just looks up at Jasper with a with a dog grin on his face as he, he pants very very heavily. His tail's wagging. Just be patient. Rain isn't that bad, anyways. He pulls out his book and begins to just read from it. Uh, Tuo whines as another bolt of lightning goes across the sky. Here, you can have my cloak, and he just drops it on him. Oh, he does like him. It falls on Tuo and it covers his eyes, so we just see a very happy, panting Tuo. <laughs> he reaches down and corrects it, and then goes back to reading his spell book. So we jump back to the room where you guys are, and Lady Hecate smiles and says, Well, it, it's great to get to know you, and I, I've been told that you are bringing uh, some some business our way, which is which is most appreciated. Um, so yeah, what's what's the wheat like in Red Hollow? Is it is it good? Is it healthy? Yeller? Uh, I I would say it is all three of those things. Well, the the, the wheat's sometimes pretty good. Weirdly enough, it's uh it's kind of unpredictable out there in Alcina. Uh, I wasn't asking about Alcina. I was asking about Red Hollow. Red Hollow. That's what I meant. No, you meant Alcina. She asked about Red Hollow. We don't grow wheat in Red Hollow. I, I'm not trying to be rude, my lady, but 
If you're looking for Red Hollow, we, we probably have to ask somebody else. I'm sorry, I'm just a little nervous. It's the first time I've been in a building this fancy, if I'm being real with you. Theo is sweating so hard right now. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't know what's going on. He's concerned about the Red Hollow comment, and he's, he's just getting super red. Gunner's getting very calculated. He's like, okay, I feel like I placed down a good lie. Lying is good. Okay, okay. <laughs> Lying is good. And she thinks I'm a buffoon. Maybe I am. Uh, Definitely are. So, Gunnar, are we from Red Hollow? Are we from... I don't understand. What are... Shh. Theo, Theo, shut up. Oh, no. And as she looks over at Aegon and she says, uh, well, So, Aegon, um, how did uh, how did you become a, uh, a farmer? Well, what, what led you? What led you to abandon your your priestly path? Uh, I, I don't know about uh, no none of this priestly stuff. Uh, I followed a good good word of Lord here, and he brings out his book. <laughs> uh, that's about all I know about that. Um, no, I, I've always been a farmer. <clears throat> hey, what was the kid's name again? Fergus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Ugh. Wipe his brow. <laughs> um, if you don't, did you tell us about Fergus? Did Gunner tell us about that? Yeah, of course. Okay. She looks at uh, Lady Hecate and just kind of smiles. She knows, like Vez knows, this is the game. Um, <laughs> if if y'all don't mind, I was just wondering how Fergus is doing, or anybody else that you like to talk to from the town and her accent kind of goes away <laughs> and just kind of so we can be eye to eye I know you know more than what you're saying oh very very forward aren't you and she uh, she winks at Vez <laughs> and then uh, she uh, flicks her hand and mumbles some words under her breath and you feel like a slight gust of wind around you and then she uh, folds her legs and says, all right, well, the room's sealed off, so you can drop your act now. Oh, thank God. Oh, <laughs> my throat hurts so bad from doing that voice. <coughs> oh. so I was wondering how long you were going to hold up this the sham. It's not even a good one. Look at you. You don't look like farmers at all. Oh, thank goodness. I don't even fit in these clothes. They're ripping at the back. <laughs> but you can see my butt. And she's like, whose hair brand idea was this? Laszlo. Laz, la, yes, la, Laszlo's. Not, not mine. Well, it might as well have been. <laughs> so where's Jasper? He got scared. Yeah, got, got cold feet. He, he sought that for sure. If, if he were to come in here, then... Uh, everyone would assume that he, he was a big weapon. And uh, she, she stands up from her chair and she opens one of the windows and the, the wind rushes in, uh, bringing some of the rain with it. And she whistles real quick and Master the Cat hops over and <gasps> jumps out the window. It's a spy. Is it her familiar? And then we cut to Jasper and Tuo. They are still sitting there. Tua looks much happier now. He is a uh, he's just kind of get trying to cuddle up next to Jasper. And uh, Jasper hears a meow and he looks down and sees the soaked form of Master the Cat. I guess I'll need another blanket. Hold on. The cat uh, kind of trots away a little bit and looks back up at you. Jasper takes no heed. 
is engrossed inside his writings. <laughs> he's like, really? He, he's ignoring the cat in the rain? <laughs> Jasper's not good with animals, so he has no idea. Master the cat trots over and uh, pats at your foot with its paw. Interesting. Never seen this behavior, but I guess I've never really seen cats. And then it turns and it walks away and then looks back at you. I think uh, Tuo is noticing the cat and he gets up and starts walking towards the cat as well. Good, the dog's gone. <laughs> now the cat and the dog are just looking back at <laughs> Jasper. I don't think Jasper would ever piece together since he's never owned an animal and doesn't oh, generally like them. come on, Nate. Come on. No, you... Okay, Nate, no, because when we were doing the episode with the cockatrice, you followed the cat for a while before you saw the image of of Priscilla. So you followed the cat before after it's led you. Yes. You followed that cat across a field. No, I only followed it for a little bit. I know Priscilla is the reason why I ran. He was going to give up shortly. Well, Nate, it should also be very obvious I'm trying to get you with the rest of the party. I know that. So come on. You followed the cat before. He's making it obvious you can follow the cat for a couple of steps again. You've done it before. Just yes and him. It's okay. We can, we can, we can. Alrighty. I close my book and I go, I swear, master, this doesn't lead to fruition. I won't trust you. And I slowly uh, start walking. Meows and it uh, leads you through uh, one of the side gardens past some of the guards. They, they just kind of take a look at you, but they're like, he's just heading to the garden. We don't care. And uh, it leads you to an open window. Interesting. And it, it meows and it hops up and climbs in through the window. Come back down here and carry this rope up. <laughs> it's not super high up. It's like ground level. Oh. Does he see Aegon? Yeah, I think if Jasper looks, he can see uh, the rest <laughs> of the party in the in the room. I'll just look out, wave at him. <laughs> Jasper attempts to gracefully enter the building, but probably trips and falls several times, hitting his head and other things like that. Dexterity, not his good suit. All right, so you climb in through the window, and Lady Hecate looks down at you uh, and says, Hello, Jasper. Glad you could join us. Yes, the cat is sus. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Tuo, come here, boy, come here. Koma. So yeah, Tuo uh, trots on over to you and then shakes the water off onto you and Gunner. Good boy, good boy, you're all dry now. Well, Lady Hecate, it, it seems that you know us. Uh, m- might I ask, is that because of your d- divination powers? In part. I I like to put the stray animals of this city to use. They're my eyes and ears. And she uh, tickles Master behind his ears. It's okay, I didn't spy all the time. And she gives a, a flirty wink to Gunner. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't see the part about Zania Sporn, <laughs> did you? Oh, no, I saw all of that, yes. Oh, uh, wow, okay. Well, th- this is a little awkward, to be honest. Vez is very nervous. Master was there, right? Master has basically been there since, like, yeah, episode that's what I two or three. But he was down in our last little adventure with us, right? Because Nate had him cling to him. Yeah, he's he's been with you guys for the vast majority. Cool. Whether I liked it or not, he was stuck on my back. <laughs> Theo finally puts two and two together. He's like, "Oh, does that mean you know about the and the under and and then he points to Vez and the oh, but the and 
you know, yes, don't I, you? Yes, I am I'm aware of everything that you are aware of. Oh, cool. Okay, I'll have to explain anything. I hate when I have to do that. Well, Theo, <laughs> that's why we let anyone else do it except for you. <laughs> and I appreciate that. It's it's a tough thing because I know what I'm talking about and you oh. know what I should be talking about, but it just it doesn't come out like super like Laszlo like. Laszlo like. Speaking of, speaking of Laszlo, where where is he? I I wasn't paying attention when you guys I wasn't paying attention when you walked in. No, that, that part was true. He did get pulled away by a, a, a wheat farmer. Oh, shame. I was most intent on making him feel uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, oh yes. V- what makes him uncomfortable? I, I want to know. I'm sure you would. I think she's talking about pretty women make him uncomfortable. Oh. She's like, yeah, Vez, Vez gets it. Mm. <laughs> so. Well, I, I do have an eight in wisdom, so... <laughs> She folds her arms in front of herself and says, So, what are your plans now? In regards to what? And she just kind of gestures around anything. You've already made your mark on my town. Caused some explosions. Killed some people. Saved others. Quite admirable, I'd say. I was just curious about what you planned on doing from here on out. So yeah, Lady Hecate sits down in her chair and says, So, how close are you to, well, fixing things? I thought she said that you saw everything, don't you know? Most things. But you're not always together. <laughs> she, like, looks at Theo for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not as, as close as we'd like. I, 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 I have my suspicions about that donut-loving lawyer. How, how do we know we can trust you? What, what was that, Fio? And she looks over at Fio. How, how do we know you're not in on all this? You don't. We'd be dead, Fio. Simple. But it would be very dangerous for you to come here if you didn't have some amount of trust. I have no doubts that I could kill each and every one of you before you ever left this room. Yikes. <laughs> Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she nods her head. She's like, yeah, that was a little intense. <sighs> she looks a little embarrassed. <laughs> then she looks up at you again and says, I have no idea how to solve this problem. For some reason, my powers of foresight are failing me in this specific Instance, and I don't know why. Is it tachyons? <laughs> Do you think the jelly pusses have some kind of divination scrambler? I have. That is my assumption, but what we're dealing with is nothing I have ever seen in my life. And as a mage, that scares me. Do you have any other useful information about what's going on that we might not know because you have eyes and ears everywhere? And she uh, shakes her head no and says, no, everything that you've been keyed in on, I have collected over the last several months, slowly and laboriously. So then what is the town's head guard? What is he? I believe that he has been replaced by 
a changeling. Oh. I don't have any proof, but based on his sudden change in demeanor and based on very recent events, I think that's the most logical conclusion to come to. We've been told this. Yes, he's a changeling. Have you been told that? I don't think we were. Steven heavily implied it. Jasper just assumes with that much confidence from the beginning. So he's actually just going to be arrogant about it. I could see that. (laughs) That's true. He's called a lot of people changelings. Is there anyone else you suspect of being replaced? And she looks thoughtful and says, well, I don't know. My powers only extend so far. Like we said when we came in, there are a lot of goats here, since she seems to use animals as her spies. And uh, she's like, well, yeah, I'm still limited. I'm not omniscient. I can't see every animal every minute of the day. It was it was pure luck that your master, as you've called him, happened upon you that day and you caught my interest. It's not like I see through the eyes of every animal in this town at every moment. Well, at least tell me that Billy Sparky did not die a painful death. Who? Oh, no. It's no she, lo- she looks really confused. It's okay, Gunner. It's okay. He's he's in a better pasture now. Don't worry about it. It's some it's someone I used to know. <laughs> I don't. You didn't actually. Anyways, okay. So, I mean, we're trying to get down to the bottom of this. We're trying to figure out who is causing the disappearance or what. Don't really know yet, and trying to figure out a way to find or expose some of the people who are dangerously not saying who they are. I know, which is ironic, but I don't I don't know how to just without more help, without more people underground who are not afraid of just straight out being murdered, I don't know how to quickly find an answer to this problem. I think Ed- Edward Smills knows something. It's always eating donuts and I I think that surgical equipment we found, I think he produced that, which is weird since he's a lawyer. I I didn't expect him to produce surgical equipment, but but what else? Are you you talking about uh, ES Blade Works? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they they produce uh, medical equipment and they export it. And who owns ES Blade Works? Uh, Edwards Mills. He has a a specialist... uh, the reason we make it here is because we're one of the best precision toolmakers in the kingdom located here. Well, that seems suspicious. What, why is that? Well, you have all these people that are shoved expertly with metal and other things inside of their body, and you happen to have the best toolmaker, perhaps best puppet master in the kingdom. I mean, it's all speculation. I, I I don't know for sure. Maybe this person is nice. Yes, he's my father. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, I can guarantee you he is safe. Mm. Did we okay. find that equipment um, in the last uh, underground area with the... with Jasper's uh, not giving uh, up his tools. <laughs> no, did we find those types of tools in the last uh, underground area with, with Farmer Ralph? Yes. Okay. In fact, you found, you found several crates of them. Get your own tools to show her. Perhaps you could have your father help us then. Uh, maybe he could talk about the orders that they've recently had put through or something. 
because we, we, we found a large quantity of those tools in the underground, as you probably saw. Yes, I think I think that would be good. And there's a, there's a knock on the door. And as she looks up and looks back at you and says, well, we're going to have to hurry up. I've got a, another meeting very soon. Is there, any, is, is there anything else I can help you with? I've, I can give you my, my father's name and address, uh, but that's a, about all I have time for, unless you have another question I can answer quickly. The only thing we need is just men and other resources. If you know everything we know and we know everything you know, information is wasted at this point. We just need resources to be able to go underground and scope out how little or how much we've accomplished. Well, and, and Laszlo mentioned that maybe with your powers you, you could give us a vision. Maybe that would help guide us in the right direction. And she looks at Gunner and says, it's upsetting to me that it took you this long to bring that up. Because I know that was, because I know that was your purpose. I'm a little disappointed in you, and honestly, a little concerned about your ability to carry out this case. Wow. Man, gonna drop in the ball. Okay, except you could have offered that at any time to help us, and you did not. So if you knew that was also the point, oh, no. this is just as much on you as it is on us. No, well, you see, the, the thing is, Vez, that oh, is your is. goal, not mine. I couldn't care less well, if I'm you get a reading I'm glad that from you hope that all the people in your town <laughs> die then, so okay. I play this I game. Deal with, and she, she stands <laughs> up and she's like, I deal with matters of state. I save hundreds of lives and maintain the lives of thousands. I'm sorry, but eight people are just slightly under my radar when I'm dealing with hundreds. But what would you know, Fez? What would you know about that? I'm just saying... Wait a minute. Hey, dog. And Gunner specifically tries to interrupt. It's like, well, well, well. Shut up! Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. I don't know about state, but if you're just going to sit here and be like, oh, well, I knew this is what you wanted. And it took you this long, so I'm just going to insult you. And she's like moving her arms and hips, anyways. Um, <laughs> and then insult so us about sassy. it. Instead of offering the help that you say you want to help us, then what was the whole point of that? I'm just making the point that you are all stupid. <laughs> awesome. So I'm so glad that we could help you today. And I hope that you have a great time fixing your town's problems. Is that what you want? You just want us to leave. I'm you're second rude. for us leaving. I don't really care about the town or the people in it, to be oh, honest. Geez, guys. Oh, jeez, guys. Wait a minute. This escalated quickly. Jasper yeah, never let, cared about these people. <laughs> let, let, yeah, but why don't we turn it down a notch, everyone? I, I think tensions are just very high because of what's at stake. L- listen, I, I think I think all of us have some kind of stake in this town. and No, uh, you know, I have none. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I well, could care I think, about no one in this town. Okay, I, I, I think all of us except for Jasper. Well, have you've some been doing kind of... an awful lot to help out, despite not caring. I think you've got, I think you have some heroism under your skin. That I think you're true. good people. I just also think that you're, you could really do with a lot of work. <laughs> that says nothing, but she glares. I Always just want room to for make... improvement. I just wish to make the decisions this party just won't do at times. And this is including leaving if it so be it. Well, I'm not going anywhere until I get to the bottom of it. And, and a vision would be nice to, to help. <laughs> yes, I, 
Or is the minions blocking your vision a little too much, like you said? Oh, no, no. Oh, my God, (laughs) Jasper. Vess looks down, and she smiles. She, like, wants to give him a fifth spawn, but she knows that would not be good right now. (laughs) Jasper, dude, can you, like, not? Just, like, two seconds. Eight people mean nothing. So, obviously, a few more does not matter either. We'll come back when this is a kingdom problem. Oh, jeez. Man, this is awful. And this is the moment you realize Jasper truly does not understand human emotions well because he always says this while smiling. <laughs> he has a big old grin on his face. Jasper, maybe this time his eyes wait. are pitch black for some reason. Okay, cool. Jasper, you want to wait outside instead then? I think Gunnar gets a very stern look on his face and he's like, you know what, Jasper? Maybe you shouldn't have come. Ooh. Ooh. You're not helping at all and you're just egging her on. Ooh. Tuo uh, walks in front of Jasper and stands between you two. Fair enough. And he, he winds up at Gunner. Fair enough. I don't have any allegiance to you either way. Okay. Well, I maybe uh, maybe I was too harsh. I'm 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 sorry, Jasper. Is that, is it's that... just funny watching children try and play heroes. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, I have a soft spot <laughs> in this situation. All of us. <laughs> oh man. Jasper is so no. mean. He's probably intentionally mean, but gosh, he is so mean. <laughs> Lady Lady Haggerty stands up and walks to the window and says, Yes, well, perhaps my confidence was misplaced. <laughs> perhaps it is just a bunch of children playing hero. And she looks back and she makes eye contact with Gunner. So there aren't really any heroes, are there? I think Gunner... Wants to be brave, but uh, honestly, after the emotional beating Jasper gave him, I, I don't think he has the strength, and I think he kind of, kind of shrinks, and he's like, "Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe you're right." Well, even if that is the case, uh, unfortunately for you, Lady Hecate, uh, we're all you have: be us children, fake heroes, stupid, stupid idiots. You're still stuck with us, so don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this, Aegon stands up and he says, Well, all negativity aside, I think I, I would like to say one thing. We may not be heroes, but I, I think I speak for at least the majority of the party when I say that we want to help and we don't want to leave these people to suffer. So if you could help us out with a vision, that would aid us in our quest and we could get all of this sorted out. Else we'll leave right now and do what we can. So as soon as Aegon says this, uh, Lady Hecate breaks out into a big smile and nods her head and says, That was exactly what I was waiting to hear. Thank you, Aegon. He just nods his head. Do all of you share your friend's determination? I do. Gunner says, kind of sheep, sheepishly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and then he, then he stands up a little straighter. You know what? I, I, I do. I, I do. I do. <laughs> Anyone else? Oh. Oh, I thought Theo was gonna go. Because he normally follows go. Gunner. With yeah, I was kind of <laughs> with it. I thought Sorry, it was I gonna be Theo than Vez. Yeah, I love, I love Hagon's like <laughs> uh, starting else? to sweat. Oh, yes. Fia so stands up. I do too. I'm sorry. I was waiting on Vez because she was talking a lot, 
and I was really nervous. I feel like throwing up, but like, I'm cool and I'm going to do it and we're going to save everyone. Vez looks at, I guess that standing up is the trend. So she uh, stands up, not so violently, but (laughs) gently stands up. I mean, I'm almost died. I don't even know how many times at this point. If I wasn't invested, wouldn't keep doing this. And I guess Jasper gets the cue and stands up. He just looks and says, Free will is, I consider, the most sacred of all things. Something that is given for free yet means the most in this world. Ironically, I care a lot because that is what's being taken away from these people. The suffering it brings and the joy is what I think you call life. And Lady Hecate's smile grows even wider and she nods her head and says, I've been waiting for heroes for a while now. And I'm glad to have finally found some. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it and our other episodes with your friends, family, and co-workers. Your boss, if you're daring. Visit our website to find your copy of a D&D Quick Starter Guide, and feel free to join our growing community on the various social media platforms in the description. There, we discuss episodes, Dungeons & Dragons, and STEM topics that we all love. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to see you here at Applied Dungeoneering. The songs Waterkeep and Throne Room are from Tabletop Audio at tabletopaudio.com. Licensed under Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0. Creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by dash nc dash nd slash 4.0.